Hello everyone and welcome to Kick It to Scoops. I'm your host, Cooper Gretsch, the sole admin of AFL information, trade rumors and results. I've got a very loaded show for you guys today. We've obviously got the world famous segment Scoops Goes Bang. We've got my team of the week. We've got my rolling Australian team, Supercoach Talk, uh, the, yeah, my rolling Australian, the whole shebang. But we might as well start off with this. First of all, you want me on Cameo, head to cameo.com forward slash Cooper G and merch, as I said, all the t- every single week, there's T-shirts on there, there's stickers, the stubby holders, the hats. There's some new prices at the moment, so if you want to get them while they're cheaper, get onto it now. The T-shirts range from twenty-five to twenty-nine dollars. Got hats on there current currently for fifteen. Stickers are for seven dollars, and face masks for I think it's just under ten or just over ten. So go and get yours today. Um, now let's start off with that world famous segment. Scoops goes. Bang, boom. Oh, Luke Beveridge and Liam Piggin. Luke Beveridge and Bailey Smith and Stephen May. Separate incidents. We'll go through the Beveridge one first. He's saying about the drug policy, it, it needs to be scrapped. Why does it need to be scrapped? Does it need to be tinkered with? Maybe. Does it need to be scrapped completely? No. Is he saying this because his player is in trouble? Seriously. You do what Bailey Smith has done. Yes, I don't care when it was. Um, strike is what you should get. I don't personally. You shouldn't. Get, why should you get three chances? It's too much. But anyway, that's a story for another day. But to defend his, like to say his actions were bad. Yeah, of course they were. You have to say that. But then to say he's had suffering this, so it shouldn't take into account the strike. Rubbish. Do, do you feel sorry for Bailey Smith? Mm. No, no one in that incident, in that scenario, you should feel sorry for. They, it was their choice. Now, they say Bailey was suffering from mental health issues. So that's something you don't want to go, it's a pretty sensitive issue. But at stages, it is used as a cop. I'm not saying Bailey Smith is using it as a cop-out. But people do use that card, mental health card, as a cop-out. And it's something that you can't keep defending, going, oh, He's only young, or in this case, people say, oh, he's young, he's got to have fun. You can you can be his age and have fun and not do that stuff. Pretty plain and simple. Um, now, in terms of the, the suspension length, now, when you think about it, I know these are nothing compared to off-field incidents, but you think of strikes that are getting worth a week or two, and this is going to be rumoured to be the same length. This is this is what they should be doing. Armoured Sard, remember, the former saint had an energy drink Energy drink you're allowed to have, just not on game day. He copped a two-year ban for it. Lockie Keefe copped a cop two-year ban for his drug ban. Why shouldn't Bailey Smith have a similar penalty? Yeah, you might think it's harsh. Players in the past have had two-year bans for something similar or something like Sard's energy drink, far, far less. Beverage, lifted game. And Bailey... Yep, I've seen your apology, it's all fair and well, but what's happened has happened, and you can't undo that, and uh, unfortunately you have to suffer the consequences. Now, Stephen May, Stephen May, got a long list of, of a track record, a bad track re- record of any off-field instance in fights and training, and in this case now with um, Jake Melksham and Joel Smith um, in Paran, in a restaurant. He's got a track already done. This was Stephen uh, at the Gold Coast when he was co-captain. He done it 
had a brawl in training with Campbell Brown. There's a lot of off-field instances, Stephen May. Maybe a great player, but this suspension for him needs to be what it has been. And you have Jake Melch. People saying for Melchum, he should be suspended too. Um, maybe. But what people don't realize, people are saying, oh, well, how can Stephen May be suspended for a week and Melchum isn't? Stephen May was suspended for a week because he broke concussion protocols. You're not allowed to drink while you're in concussion protocols, according to Melbourne. That's their rules. That's what he was given the one-week ban for. He wasn't given a one-week ban for the Melchum incident. He was given a one-week ban for drinking while under concussion protocols. They both copped community service for the fight. So for people that say, no, it's unfair for Melchum not to get anything week-wise, but May did. May got it for his breaking the concussion protocols, drinking under concussion protocols. That was what he got the week for. The fight and argument with Melchum, they both got community service work. So pretty plain and simple. May shouldn't lift his game. He's been having a lot of these off-field incidents. And as we go through the Melbourne game later, um, when there's been no Stephen May, there's been no Melbourne. They lost three in a row. So Stephen May, Luke Beveridge, Bailey Smith, lift your game. Right, hope you guys enjoyed that edition of the world-famous segment, Scoops Goes Bang! <laughs> now we'll go through, what are we going to go through now? We'll review round 13, just the buy rounds. Uh, the buy rounds, the buy rounds. Hmm, I don't like the buy rounds, but anyway. Uh, round 13, so all the way back on last Thursday night at the MCG, Richmond 77 Defeated the uh, the yes the power by twelve points sixty five seventy seven to sixty five. Uh, some even contributors. Liam Baker was one of Richmond's best. Travis Broke was the power's best. Dan Houston was pretty good. Connor Rosie. It was some. Todd Marshall was good kicking three as well, having about fifteen possessions. It just it wasn't a major major standout individually in this game. It's a close game throughout the whole way through, and Richmond prevailed in the end, having a two goal victory. And they're just outside the eighth, eight in their famous ninth position. <laughs> the other game for the round on the Friday night at the MCG also was Essendon hosting Carlton, 54 to 80. Carlton by 26 points. Carlton would be happy with that win because they needed the win to stay in the top four contention, which they have. Um, yeah, Essendon, Dylan Shield played his, played his best game for definitely for the season and potentially of his Essendon career. Maybe that might be a stretch, but it's definitely his best game all year. Paddy Cripps was one of Carlton's best, along with Sam Doherty. Um, but yeah, Carlton did what they had to do. Essendon win it, even patches. But Carlton, in the end, got the chocolates. On Saturday, we had the Dockers host the Hawks in Perth. 3-0-95 to Hawthorne, 82. 3 by 13 points. 3 had a bit of a scare from the Hawks. The Hawks, this year, they've been in contests. They've either led... And come from behind. They've either given up a lead. They've come. From, they've had all mixture of results their way this year. But they've been in matches pretty much throughout the whole season. It's credit to them. They almost pinched it against the Dockers. Nat Five came back through the for the AFL for the first time this season, playing the Waffle last round in the Waffle, and uh, this round first game of the year in the AFL. Done okay playing mainly as a forward. Uh, Will Brody had one of his quieter games, but still did all right. Andy Brayshaw is another BOG-type performance from him. You'll see the votes later. Um, Caleb Sarong was awesome for them as well. So, yeah, the Hawks, 
Jago Romero was probably the Hawks' best player. Mm. Now, the game on Saturday night at the Gabba, the Saints led for most of the contest, especially in the first half, and then Brisbane got ahead in the third. Saints lose three plays, McKenzie, Owens, and Jones in the second and third quarters, playing for almost three plays short, but it wasn't enough in the end, unfortunately. Brisbane, 78, defeated the Saints, 57 by 21 points. The usual suspects for the Lions were their best, Lockie Neal, Hugh McCluggage. Kadeem Common was all right for them as well, as was Joe Danaher kicking three, and he probably had could have kicked more had he kicked straight in. Some of his other shots he missed, particularly in the first two quarters, were gettable for him. Uh, but for the Saints, Jack Sinclair and Brad Crouch, probably the two best players for the Saints this year, well, definitely Jack Sinclair and Brad Crouch is certainly in that conversation as well. Um, yeah, disappointing in the end. Max King was on fire early. Wasn't seen much after that. Probably kicking to him too often. They need to be a little more less predictable. Start looking for memory. Memory maybe needs to play more up forward. Rowan Marshall when he's up there, Ryder. Um, and some of the small forwards. Butler and Higgins came back in the side. have been out for a while. So good to see him back. But hopefully get a few plays back because we're going to lose three this week. Hopefully Billings and Hunter Clark will be back in against Essendon on Friday night. And the game on Sunday was the Roos and the, Lions, uh, the, Roos and the Giants. Uh, North Melbourne 53, smashed by the Giants, 102, 49-point victory to the Giants. Harry Himmelberg, since Leon Cummins departed, he's now played as a backman, as potential, as an intercept defender, mainly, as one. Um, he had done nothing wrong as a forward, but he's been had a little patches, a bit like Tim Emery. They pushed late in quarters in the back half, but since Leon Cummins departed the Giants, Mark McVeigh, who hasn't played Broden Bruce, Still, and had Nick Haynes as an emergency, an all-trained defender. Very odd, Spike. Do you want the job or not? Um, yeah, they won. They beat GWS and they beat in West Coast in the last few weeks. So take it easy. Um, Himmelberg was awesome. He had 37 disposals as an intercept defender. was awesome. Steve McKinley kicking three with 34. Isaac Cumming was great with about 31 touches. Also the half-back line. Tom Green was good in the middle. Uh, James Petling, since the Leon DeCamera supporters played as a forward, and has done very well. Some, some positional moves that have worked. Um, and Jake Riccardi was pretty good as well, kicking three. Todd Goldstein was a Roos best player. Um, now, I might as well mention this. I was going to mention it in the news side of things. We'll mention it now. Jason Horn Francis has signed a two-year... Uh, sorry, beg your pub wall. Jump now. Sorry, Roos friends. He's got a two-week suspension, not a two-year extension. I should get into that in a second. But a two-week suspension for striking Josh Kelly. And the Roos have accepted that this morning, and uh, rightfully so. Disgraceful hit from uh, Horn Francis, who's obviously clearly frustrated. His um, attitude towards Goldstein and a few other players throughout the whole year, and he's, the way he's been playing is not the way that people think he would play. Uh, looks unhappy. Well, if I was the Ruse, I, I know it's great in hindsight to have taken the off Adelaide offered last year and what Richmond offered, but mainly what Adelaide offered. I think it was two first-round picks and a future second-rounder. So could have been something the Ruse could have taken. And they still could have, they could have got with the picks Adelaide would have given them. They could have got a Rochelle or something, which and had two extra draft picks. So, in hindsight, it would have been a great deal to take, considering now he's going to he is going to leave or he's going to want to leave. As I revealed on my site yesterday, he will request a trade at the end of the year. Doesn't mean he'll get it. He still has a year to go, obviously, but uh, he will ask for it. Whether he gets it is a whole another situation. So he's had pretty lean few weeks and. Uh, Frustration has got out on him on Josh Kelly, who was also great for the Giants yesterday. He was being tagged and still did good. Uh, and the Queen's birthday clash, the Demons lose three in a row. The Pies win four in a row. The Pies, 82, 
Three to Melbourne, 56. Collingwood by 26 points. Mason Cox. Is this outside of that Richmond prelim? Is this his next best game in his career, especially that second half? It finished with 21 possessions. And some impactful moments. Kicked a goal. He was pretty good. The big American, Mason Cox. Uh, Brody Majek was good kicking four. Jack Crisp with his crisp disposal. He was great again. Probably would definitely be leading their BNF. Pat Lipinski done okay. He's had a pretty good year, but this was an okay game for him. Uh, for Melbourne, Clayton Oliver and Angus Brayshaw were probably their best two contributors. I know Max Gorn went off with a rolled ankle, came back on, didn't look the best. But Mason Cox took advantage of that and dominated in the second half. It was probably the difference. Jamie Elliott was good kicking three as well, so the Pies had a lot of good contributors. And uh, in the eight, the Pies heading into their bye. So, yeah. Now, we'll go through. Now, what are we going to go through now? All right. We'll go through my round 13 AFL team of the week. First, from the back line, the pockets, Luke Ryan and Lewis Young. Fullback, Brennan Cox. Half back line, Hayden Young and Jack Sinclair. Center half back, Harry Himmelberg. Wingers, Lockie Neal and Caleb Sarong. Cinnamon, Clayton Oliver. Half forward line, Steve Cornelio and Todd Marshall. Center half forward, Brody Meyer. Check. Forward pockets, Jamie Elliott and James Petling. Full forward, Harry Mackay. Ruckman, Mason Cox. Jack Crisp, the rover along with Andy Brayshaw. Interchange, Nick Dacos, Hugh McCluggage, Brad Crouch and Isaac. Coming, emergency, Sam Taylor. Angus Brayshaw, Sam Doherty, Todd Goldstein, and Jake Riccardi. Now, leave your thoughts down below. Now, the reason for, well, Luke Ryan was great. He's having a pretty good four weeks as Luke Ryan. Brennan Cox was great in defense, done great on his opponent up forward. Lewis Young had 14 intercept possessions, 18 disposals, so it was a clear um, pick as well. Jack Sinclair had 30 again, having great efficiency as always. He's always in that. Hayden Young was awesome, 31-odd possessions, high efficiency. High meters gained. Some great kicking, as he always does, and deserves a spot on the side. Harry Himmelberg, I mentioned earlier, 37 possessions. Intercept King, over 800 meters gained. Uh, was definitely a one to be in for sure. He was a lock as soon as he hit halftime. He was on 20-odd possessions, so he was definitely a lock there. Lockie Neal, 37. Caleb Sarong, kicked a goal in about 33. Clayton Oliver had 43. Pretty self-explanatory there. Although Oliver, oh, I mean, he obviously did really good, but there was a moment... Where he was, wasn't to be seen, so probably it shows if he had been in that part of the game, could end up with 50. So now the half-forward line was Canelo and Don Marshall. Canelo kicked 3 and 34, could have kicked 5 or 6, if you've been brutally honest. Brody Meitra kicking 4 was great. Don Marshall kicked 3, he's probably Port's best player, or one of anyway. Jamie Elliott, uh, Harry Mackay, and James Penling all kicking 3s and 4s, so they deserved their spots in the forward line. Mason Cox, as I already described how he went. Jack Crisp was calling was best player, just around the 30 possession mark. Good ball use, impacting the game. Um, made some good decisions and got some goal score involvements. Andy Brazier kicking a goal in 37. He was definitely getting in. for you contender for the Brownlow for sure. And the interchange, Nick Dacos, Hugh McCluggage, Brad Crouch, and Isaac Cumming. Emergencies, as I mentioned there. Dacos at 35 or so. He was awesome with the halfback line for the Pies. A lot of halfbacks I could put in. I was like, coming. Sam Taylor, Angus Brayshaw, Sam Doherty couldn't put in. Now, I'm actually going to add to this list. I want a late addition to the team. On the uh, emergency list, I'm going to add Travis Boak. I was going to add him in, but he's just hanging out. He's in the emergency list. He's Travis Boak. 
It was great. King about 34, a lot of contested positions, high efficiency, service from the team. Lukluggage at 33 and a goal was going to be in. Brad Crouch, if you look at his stats, he kicked a goal and had 26. But he also had 10 tackles and he had high efficiency and was someone of the Saints, besides Sinclair, was the next best player for the Saints. And it was a key reason why the Saints were in the contest throughout the whole game. And Isaac Cumming had 31 and a off the halfback line, was very dominant as always this year. So, leave your thoughts on my round 13 AFL team of the week. Now, let's go through, what are we going to go through now? We're going to preview round 14. Uh, again, the buy rounds, don't we hate the buy rounds? The teams that have the buys this, buy this round are Brisbane, Collingwood, Freo, Hawthorne, North Melbourne and Melbourne. Melbourne need that bye. They might get Stephen May back. They should get him back after the bye. So the first game for round 14 will be on Thursday night at the MCG. Richmond hosting Carlton. 7.20 at the G, as I said. Touring time, I'm going to go for Carlton there. Friday night at Marvel Stand. The Saints hosting the Bombers. 7.50 at Marvel. The Saints should win and bounce back after that loss against Brisbane. Should regain, as I said earlier, um, Billings and Hunter Clark. Um, Saturday games, first at the Adelaide Oval, 145 Victorian time, the Power hosting the Swans. I'm going to go for the Swans, but I wouldn't write off the Power at home, especially when Charlie Dixon has come back in the last few weeks. Brian Tackle, keep this in your notes, Brian Tackle should debut for the Power this week. I'm not 100% confident in this, but being told, expect him to debut this week, so keep an eye out on that, and the Swans should regain Tom Hickey. Um, but yeah, I'm going for the Swans. Uh, let's not too much spend too much time on this. Geelong uh, traveling all the way to Perth to face the Eagles. 4.35 Saturday twilight at Optus Stadium. Geelong will obviously win there. 7.25 Saturday night at Giants Stadium. The Giants hosting the Bulldogs. Uh, Giants will win a few in a row, but against the bottom two sides. So, uh, the Bulldogs haven't been too flushy either. Um, hmm. I'm going to tip. GW, uh, no, I'll go tip the Bulldogs there. All right, the Sunday game, the only game on Sunday, 3.20 at Metricon, saying the Suns hosting the Crows. The Suns have been great, haven't they? They've beat the Hawks, the Roos, they've beaten some other sides. Frio, they've beat, normally been Melbourne side of the year. They've had some really good wins this year. Uh, the Suns are one to watch, as I said a few weeks ago in my uh, ladder prediction video. Bonus clips, checking it out on the channel if you haven't already. So Gold Coast in the mix, and this win should happen against the Crows at home and bouncing around the percentage outside of the eight leave your thoughts on your tips for the round 14 just coming right soon now i'm going to go through my super coach talk this round i'll score 1706 top seven percent dropped eight percent had about 15 plays to play this round just gone so i'm really happy with 1706 dropped a percent in the rank which is okay i was telling some people that I was top 5% before the buy rounds. If you're losing only a percentage per round in the buy rounds, it's not too bad. You don't want to have a round where you drop from top 5% to top 12%. Then you've got to really build your way back up. It's a long way, long road back. So dropping a percent is not too bad. I should have 18 to pick from. Now, as you can see on the screen above, you can see the players that I've got on the bench going, I did you not field these guys in the round. It's going to have the screen that you're seeing with the moves I've already made is for this round. So... Chris, Oliver, Neil, and Brayshaw, obviously, all on my ground. So, don't stress less, and so was uh, Lipinski. So, yeah, the, damn, I'm, ma I'm not making a trade this week. If I end up with Seminine, depending on if um, Jack Carroll will play, Mitch Owens won't, because he's concussion. 
Um, so hopefully Carol Hoff in particular and Pruce can get a game. Pruce should this week. Manny Flynn was awful on the weekend. Um, yeah, so I haven't really made a move this round yet, and I don't plan to. So if I have 17, I have 17. So I'm going to read my main team for the listeners on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is my team. If you're listening on YouTube, obviously you can see it, but I'll read it anyway. My main team with a full team, and I'll reposition it. You can see on the screen what I'm heading into this round, uh, but I'll read what I would have in a normal round. Cicel, James Sicily, Tom Stewart, Jack Crisp, Jack Sinclair, George Hewitt, Jaden Short, and then on the bench would be Jacob Weir and Sam Skinner. In an ideal world, my midfield on ground will be Laird, McRae, Oliver, Neil, Brayshaw, Right, let me start again. Rory Laird, Jackson McRae, Clayton Oliver, Lockie Neal, Andy Brazier, Toyk Miller, Paddy Cripps, and Greg Clark. And the bench would ideally be Carol Owens and Hoff. Ruckman will be Riley O'Brien and Braden Pruce. Brian Bench will be Brian Teckle or Teagle. Uh forward line in an ideal world will be Will Brody, Adam Trelaw, Pat Lipinski, Steve Nelio, Jay Gresham, and Isaac Heaney. And ideally the bench would be Cooper Hamilton and Ned Long. Now, my captaincy choice for this round, I'm looking at Rory Laird or Toyk Miller if Paddy Cripps is my vice captain, doesn't score too well. I thought of McRae, but they play Saturday night. They could do it, but I think I'll go with Cripps. And then my captaincy choice will probably... Could then, if Cripps doesn't do well, my captaincy choice will be between Laird, Miller, and McRae. I'm leaning towards Laird or Toyk in the moment. But at this stage right now, I've got it on Rory Laird. So uh, leave your thoughts on my Supercoach side, what advice you want, for your side, send them off in the comment section or email me at aflinfolive at gmail.com or hit me up on Instagram at aflinfolive or Facebook AFL Information, trade rumors and results. Now, I'm going to go through my rolling All-Australian team. Um, yeah, from the back line, you'll find out if there's any changes and if there is, who they are. Back line, the pockets, Cal Wilkie and Tom Stewart sent a fullback, Sam Taylor. Half back line, Jack Sinclair and James Sicily sent a half back, Stephen May. Wingers, Josh Kelly and Jackson McRae Centerman, Lockie Neal. Half forward line, Paddy Cripps and Charlie Kerno sent a half forward, Jeremy Cameron. Forward pockets, Charlie Cameron and Zach Bailey. Full forward, Max King. Ruckman, Jared Witts. Rovers, Clayton Oliver and Andy Brayshaw. Interchange, still Will Brody, Ben Keys, George Hewitt, and Rory Led, which means, again, two rounds in a row, no change to my rolling All-Australian team. The buy rounds is probably not the idea round to be chopping and changing because of people having games off. Stephen May, you could say, well, yeah, he's dominant, but then who's the option? Weedering's injured, so, yeah, it's, you just stick with what you got. Um, you could say about Paddy Cripps, I was looking at taking out, but then he had a better game on the weekend, so he may, he'll stay for now. Zach Bailey... You'd say, oh, you don't not really dominating, kick 21 goals, 27 goals, but there's no one really else to pick. So Zach Bailey stays at the moment. And Jared Wiz is still the clear standout number one rock with him in my eyes. Ahead, well ahead, Max Gordon. People say, Will Brody said to me last week, hey, I need Will Brody there. He's had a great year. He's been the key recruit with George Hewitt this year and Pat Lipinski. So, no, Will Brody's been really good. Still had a solid game on the weekend. Not his best for the year, clearly, but uh, still a solid game over 20 touches or just over around that mark. Um, ben Case has still been dominant this year. Says Roy Laird. George Hewitt has, even though he's missed a few games. Have your thoughts at my rolling All-Australian team down below and what changes you would make and why? Now we'll move on to my scoops 
metal. They're very debated. Scoops metal. <clears throat> Reenacted like Gillen McLaughlin. <clears throat> Round 13, Richmond v. Poitelaide. Poitelaide D. Houston, one vote. Poitelaide T. Marshall, two votes. Poitelaide T. Boak, three votes. Carlton v. Essendon. Carlton S. Doherty, one vote. Carlton P. Cripps, two votes. Essendon D. Shield, three votes. Fremantle v. Hawthorne. Hawthorne J. O'Meara, one vote. Fremantle Hay Young, or H. Young, two votes. Fremantle, A. Brayshaw, three votes. Brisbane v. St Kilda. St Kilda, J. Sinclair, one vote. St Kilda, B. Crouch, two votes. Brisbane, L. Neal, three votes. North Melbourne v. GWS. North Melbourne, L. Davies Uniaki, one vote. GWS, H. Himmelberg, two votes. GWS, S. Canelio, three votes. Collingwood v. Melbourne. Melbourne, C. Oliver, one vote. Collingwood, M. Cox, two votes. Collingwood, J. Crisp, three votes. The leaderboard after round 13, it is changed again. Again and again and again. And that's great to see that there's an even amount of contributors this year. There's no clear number one standout. Now, an equal third on 16 votes is the former leader, Jackson McRae, and now joining him on 16 votes, who was in the top two at one point in the year, is Travis Boak. He's coming back in second place on 17 votes is Patrick Cripps. And the new leader after round 13 on 18 votes, one head ahead of Patty Cripps, is the new leader, the former Brownlow medalist from the Brisbane Lions, Lockie Neal. Now, I can tell you there's a lot of players hanging out. Well, not, I don't think there's any on 15, but there's a fair few on 14 and 13. And up until 10. So the race for the Scoops medal is still wide open. Now, I can confirm that next round, or after this round of the last round of the buy rounds, I will be stopping publicly posting it on my page and on this podcast. Because at the end of the year, during the buy round, between round 23 and the week one of finals, I will have a long, lengthy edition of the Scoops medal from round four, 15 onwards, essentially. So... Get ready for that. It's going to be a big one and uh, sh- uh, extravaganza of the scoops. Will Jackson McRae go back to back to back? Well, he is equal third right now, so that chance could happen. But we've got plenty of contenders along with McRae as well. So leave your thoughts down below my round 13 scoops medal votes. Now, my final thoughts are simply this. You want me on Cameo, head to cameo.com forward slash Cooper G. Merch, as I said earlier. There's T-shirts, there's stickers, there's stubby holders, the hats. There's stickers, there's stubby holders. The whole shebang T-shirts are on the site. It's going to get yours today. While they're at discounted prices, we've got T-shirts ranging from $25 to $29. We've got stickers on there for $7 and face masks for around $10. Stickers are on there as well. Stubby holders, 10 as well. So you can go and get yours today. I would greatly appreciate your support. Uh, now, some also final thoughts. Get rid of the buy rounds. Get rid of them completely. No one likes the buy rounds, not just for the um, games as standard. We don't like having our own teams have buys. So get rid of the buy rounds. Thank you very much. Whoever replaces Gil, get rid of the buys. Do not bring in extra buys. Did you know that the VFL, with a 19th team this year, one team departing Manapsley, they had four individual buys for each team. Utterly 
ridiculous. It was three the season pro with an even amount of teams. And now they got four. If the AFL go anything like that, you I'll be one of the first to rant big time on that. Get rid of the damn buy rounds. Now, pressure all for watching on through the show. Let me know if your thoughts are the new intro that I made. I'm expanding the intros, changing it, chopping and changing it every single week to see what you guys think. And I'll eventually settle on one because, as you know, there's a big new intro i got planned. Whenever the hell that will happen, I don't bloody know. Your guess is as good as mine. But once this new intro that I really, really want to do gets done, it will definitely be the best of all time. And you can then acknowledge me and go the saints thank you all and see you next week back in the original times on monday night at 7 p.m all the best and go saints